0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's The Bull in Cleveland with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. The preseason is over and it's time for regular season football. But what have we learned in this preseason? And what do the Browns have to do heading into the regular season? Plus, is this it for Terry Francona? Has he, will he have managed his last game as a Cleveland Guardian when the season ends? It's all coming up on this edition of the Bull in Cleveland. Me, Adam the Bull, coming up, brought to you by Bett Rivers. You're listening to the Bull in Cleveland on the Bett Rivers Network. All right, let's start with football. The uh, Browns' preseason came to an end. It is time to look straight ahead, full steam ahead, if you will, till Browns Bengals Week One. Bengals remain a one and a half point favorite in the opener, with Joe Burrow's status still a little uncertain, although he is expected to play. If Vegas, if 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 we here at Bet Rivers and Vegas, whatever, didn't think he was going to play, uh, the Browns would be favored by now. So uh, obviously, the the thought is that he will play. We'll get into that uh, later, but for now. Uh, over the weekend, the Chiefs beat the Browns 33-32 in the final preseason game, despite the fact that the Browns scored 22 points and had a 19-point lead at the end of the first quarter. Now, uh, we don't care much about that type of stuff. We'll, we'll get into what Deshaun Watson did in this game and a few other things. But in the end, the biggest takeaway from this entire preseason for the Browns in which they played four games and went 1-2-1 and one, is their kicker. Uh, The kicker, Cade York, was a fourth-round draft pick last year. At the time, I didn't like it. I don't like spending high draft picks on kickers. And more often than not, when teams have drafted kickers, it has not worked out. And that appears to be the case here. It's clear that Cade York has a strong enough leg to be a big-time kicker in the NFL. But it's not clear whether he is able to mentally handle the position. Who would have guessed that after Cade York hit a 58-yard game-winning field goal in his first ever NFL regular season game to beat the Carolina Panthers in week one last year? But, But things went south pretty quickly after that, after starting eight for eight in his field goals, Cade York went 16 for 24 the rest of the way. That's bad. And this preseason, he's been a disaster. Now, if you've listened to me once or more than once, you know, I don't put much credence in the preseason, but the one position that I do is kicker because when when I look at a quarterback in the preseason, I say, well, the offense may be vanilla, the defense may be vanilla. Who's he playing with? Who's he playing against? None of that matters when it comes to the kicker. It's irrelevant. It's him versus head. That's it. The kicker's job is essentially in his head if he's got the physical tools. This guy has the physical tools. There's no doubt about that. But he's fighting his head. He got frustrated with the the media after the game. Listen, you're not doing your job. If you can't handle the pressure of the preseason, How can anybody expect you to handle the pressure of the regular season? Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach, has consistently backed Cade York when asked about it by the media. But after another rough weekend in which he missed an extra point and then missed a game-winning field goal, it was blocked, but it was a bad kick, it wasn't going through. Kevin Stefanski said he couldn't guarantee that Cade York will be the week one kicker. And that's the right answer. The Browns are all in on this season. There's a lot on the line in this season. Deshaun Watson, if he's healthy, is going to play 17 games this year. This is year four for Kevin Stefanski. It's year four for Andrew Berry. They made the playoffs in year one. They won a playoff game against the Steelers, and it's been downhill since. Two seasons in a row where they haven't made the playoffs, Last year they didn't come particularly close. It's all that's it. All the chips have been pushed to the table by the Browns this year. You can make a very good argument that if the Browns don't make the playoffs and if they finish if they really bad, like they finish under five hundred, that everybody's getting fired. It's a total disaster if that happens. The Browns are loaded with talent. Even the most uh, diehard Browns hater would have to admit. That the Browns have a ton of talent. They have a good offensive line. They have the best running back in football. They got a solid wide receiver group. They got a solid starting tight end. The defensive line is much improved right now on paper, but it it should be a lot better than it was last year. The secondary is loaded with high picks and elite talent. Linebacker, they're okay there. But top to bottom, They have talent all over the place. Good punter. We thought a good kicker. And certainly a quarterback that has been great in his NFL career. You cannot, if you are the Cleveland Browns, if you are Kevin Stefanski, if you are Andrew Berry, you cannot allow a kicker to be the reason why you don't make the playoffs. And right now, there is zero chance that anybody on this team has any confidence in Cade York making a kick when it matters. I understand you you invested big draft capital in Cade York. You drafted him in the fourth round. You don't want to throw away a, a fourth-round pick. If Cade York was a linebacker, if Cade York was an offensive lineman, if Cade York was a wide receiver, you could just bury him on the depth chart and hope to get him right some point this year or even next year, but he's not. You can't waste an extra spot on a kicker, and you can't waste a spot on a kicker that can't make kicks. I don't want to see another tweet about his 60-yard field goals in practice. I don't care if he it's a 100-yard field goal in practice. All that matters is the games, and he can't do it. Now, of course, there's always a chance if the Browns move on from him that he figures it out somewhere else and becomes the next really good kicker in football. It's always a possibility. Kickers can can, can ride that wave. They gain their confidence. They have the talent. As he does, it's possible. But I I just think at this point, the Browns can't take 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 the chance. You're playing the Bengals in week one. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if it's 28-27, closing seconds, Watson drives him down, and York has to come out and kick that game-winning field goal? And you know what? Maybe he makes it. But if he doesn't, it's going to be hell to pay. And unfortunately, because the guys, you know, you see it. You see the talented leg he's got. You want him to work out. You want to finally have that kicker that the Browns have not had since Phil Dawson a decade ago. I just don't think you can take any further chances. You can't wait until he blows it in the regular season before you finally say, well, we made a mistake. We got to move on. Andrew Berry doesn't love cutting his picks. I get it. I draft a guy I don't want to cut him either. They cut Anthony Schwartz this weekend, which was a long time coming, but a smart move finally. He was a third-round pick. I know that was a few drafts ago, but still, there was only one more draft to add, and if that means you got to cut David Bell, who was a third-round pick last year, and Cade York, who was a fourth-round pick last year, you got to do what you got to do. A GM can't be afraid to admit when he made a mistake. You never know what's in a guy's mental makeup. And it just seems like, and, and again, it's so hard to believe because he made that first clutch kick. But now the guy's a mess. He's an absolute mess, and you cannot stick with him. So we'll see what they do. Maybe by this, and it's possible, by the time you hear this podcast, Kate York might already be cut. Uh, you decide to sit down and listen on Monday night, Tuesday, whatever it is. He may be gone, and it may the point may be moot. But as of now, he's still the Browns' kicker, and and he just can't be. Uh, as for Deshaun Watson, I I thought he played pretty well in this game. Again, I don't, I can't, I just can't read too much into it because the Chiefs weren't playing any starters. Um. I thought Deshaun played pretty well, 5 of 10, 92 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown throw to David Njoku was a very good throw. The long completion he had to Amari uh, Cooper was a very good throw. But did he get a couple throws, you know, were not good. Not on target, a little low. Um, So, I, I you know, I'm not going to say he was fantastic. It was 10 passes. But overall, he played really well. Oddly enough, uh, for the Browns, Kellen Mond had 93 yards. Deshaun Watson had 92 yards. And Dorian Thompson Robinson had 92 yards, all passing. Watson did it on the least amount of uh, attempts. I thought overall, he played well. Running game in this was non-existent. Jordan Wilkins couldn't hold on to the ball. That's why his ass is out of here. So the Browns made a trade this weekend for Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong was a 4th round pick of the Patriots last year. He only had 10 carries as a rookie, but he had 100 yards on 10 carries. The Browns, it's one situation behind Nick Chubb is a bit of a mess. Nick Chubb better not get hurt <laughs> because it's not looking good behind him. Uh, Jerome Ford hasn't hasn't uh has been hurt. They just traded for Pierre Strong as I said. We'll see what he's got. Wilkins cut; he's out of here after fumbling the ball twice. And yes, in the weekend's game, uh, Demetrius Felton hasn't shown you much. Strong was drafted before Felton, by the way, um, uh, before Ford. Excuse me, last year. So there you go. A uh, defense again looked good, minus uh, Miles Garrett, who didn't play. But but again, I mean, they, they were doing it against Shane Bouchelle. I mean, I, I don't even know what we learned there, but anyway, thankfully the preseason's over, and now it's full steam ahead to the regular season. First chance I've had to uh, talk about Terry Francona since uh, the comments he made last week. And while Terry Francona didn't officially announce any kind of retirement last week, it's clear based on his comments that he is going to retire. It's a little odd that he said he didn't want to be a distraction by, by talking about it now, but he, you know, but it's kind of more of a distraction by not just saying, hey, I'm leaving. Maybe he changes his mind. Maybe that's why he didn't say it for sure. Maybe he's considering doing one more year. Uh, this has been a miserable season for the Cleveland Guardians. They're not going to the playoffs, despite the fact they're in, you know, a, a hideous division. Uh, they're not. They're they're just two games out of the Tigers for third place, or you know, Tigers trying to pass them for second. Uh, the six out. It's amazing that they're only six games out because they're seven games under 500. uh You know, the Twins aren't great either. They did have a nice uh, comeback win yesterday. Uh, but the the story with the Guardians is Terry Francona and the fact that he is uh, uh, most likely going to retire at the end of the year. Terry Francona's had an incredible run as manager of the Guardians. I don't, you know, listen, he's getting up there. He's had a lot of health problems in recent years that has caused him to miss game time. Uh, I love Terry Francona. He's a Hall of Fame manager. I don't think it's the worst thing ever for them to find a new manager. Now, you know, he's been here 11 years. This will be his worst season. Um, In fact, it's going to be his worst season in terms of winning percentage since he was with the Phillies. Now, he was with the Phillies his first year as a manager. He, he had bad records every year, uh, but he never had he never won less than eighty six games in Boston. And he had never uh, the worst record he had here with Cleveland was eighty and eighty two, um, in uh, actually twenty twenty one. And after a surprisingly good year last year, uh, the team has kind of fallen on on very hard times this year. And again, he's been a great manager, but he hasn't had a good year. Um, and well, it's, well, they're, they're, listen. There's part of me that says you know, be careful what you wish for, but I, I think now is a good time to make a change. Maybe they need a new voice in that locker room. Um, again, he'll be 65 next year. He's had, like I said, a lot of surgeries and medical conditions, and. I think bringing in a younger manager, I think you should go. I was thinking about DeMarlo Hale or Sandy Alamaro part of the staff and experienced guys, but I think it might be time for them to go out of the organization and get a fresh voice. Now it could end up being a disaster. it very well could, but i think now's the time. Kudos to Terry Franco. I had a magnificent career here in Cleveland uh as of this morning, he is uh, nine hundred and seven wins seven hundred forty losses as a as a manager um A 5.51 winning percentage is just magnificent. Um, Of of every manager that has managed at least three seasons in Cleveland baseball history as the third best winning percentage uh, behind Hall of Famer Al Lopez and Ossie Vitt, who managed in the 50s and 30s, respectively. Uh, he has a slightly better winning percentage than Mike Hargrove, who managed those great 90s teams, of course. Although, if depending on how the team does in his final 30 games, it could drop him below. Frank Kona's winning percentage uh 551 with the Guardians. Mike Hargrove 550. But, you know, listen, I mean, the guy's been great. What can you say? Um unfortunately, it looks like it's coming to an end, but like I said, it might not be that unfortunate. I'm hesitant because there's a little part of me that says it's crazy. This guy is the best manager the Guardians of ever. You don't want to go back to the maniacs of the world. But, you know, you've got to trust the guys in power that they get this right when they make the next selection of who's going to be the manager. So we'll see uh, if it becomes official by the end of the year, but it, it strongly looks like it's trending in that direction. That this will be it for Francona. All right. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks to Monzo for producing. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'll be back uh, this week, of course, as we continue to get ready for the start of the NFL season and eventually get into the Major League ba- Baseball playoffs, which are, you know, the pennant races are really heating up here for the final four, uh, final five weeks of the season. I'll talk to you next time. Where else? But right here with me, out of the bull. In Cleveland, part of the Bet Rivers Network. We'll see you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Bull in Cleveland on the Bet Rivers Network.